Hello, this is Austin Enneagram. This is Elizabeth. And Lee. And we are continuing with our book study of Naranjo's Enneatype Structures. And we are on Chapter 3, which is entitled Success Through Appearances. And I feel that Lee and I have done a lot of good three work together. Mm-hmm. We've done a lot, a lot of our episodes have been three yeah I think mm-hmm. probably a couple of things Alabelle my daughter being a three has taught me taught me a lot mm-hmm. and I think that I have tried to wrap my head around threes more than any other number maybe because she's a three and also that. because I think I struggled with threes the most in some ways and now it's funny I struggle with them the least so it's like the more I l- learned the, mm-hmm. the more I loved, which is probably true for everything. As far as Naranjo goes in this book, I feel that this chapter is a little less, um, like, I I don't think I learned a whole lot in this. Like, I learned a whole lot in chapter two, Mm -hmm. but I feel like he has a more, that kind of concept of vanity that is, something that is kind of the way it's taught in general that you and I have found to be a little limiting. Although I I do think he unpacks it in some interesting interesting ways. ways. And it's, I also, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because we've talked more about the three Mm -hmm. or because I also have a tender kind of space for Mm Alabelle. I feel like he wasn't as brutal. I feel like this chapter was not as brutal. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, honestly, I kind of thought it was a little bit brutal and a little bit um, one-dimensional. And then when we had number night, we had a lot of threes at number night, and none of them felt problematic about it at all. Like, yeah. everybody there was like, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. about uh-huh. everything that we uh-huh. said. Uh-huh. So that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and also, um, since the two one that we did last, I've had a little bit of feedback from people. Um, somebody was like talking about their authority thing and that they don't follow the rules when they feel like it'll make things better for everybody. Does that, did you ever talk to your friend about? I did, I talked to Jenny uh-huh. um, and she said she that we talked about the authority piece but she said the language and that it was helpful for her to think about herself in those kind of with different terms Mm -hmm. and that a lot of it rang really true I think she's a sexual three I would bet money she's a sexual three so she is on the make Mm -hmm. just in general flirting Mm -hmm. um you know not necessarily just after the one but if one doesn't respond then she's gonna she puts a boundary there. She puts, yeah. Well, no, not a no, boundary. She's she goes gonna after. Get, go after him. She goes after. Yeah. She also was saying that a lot. She feels that the two chapter made made them made two sound awfully calculating, and that she feels that all of that's subconscious to her. Sure, I think uh, so too. And I think, I mean, I think that's that's the that's kind of the point of what we're all yeah talking, like studying this for, because is to make it. Make it conscious. Make it conscious. Well, I like people 
DMing yes. us and, yeah. t- and, and giving us feedback. Very much. Um, did, and so, okay, so you said Jenny's a sexual too, and that's why she goes after everybody. I, I have decided that Jenny's a sexual too. And it but would that's be why you think her. she goes after everybody instead of not mm-hmm. just people that are. Been, I, I think benefit. she knows who, and she, she could, she would be fine being on the podcast at some point. We could yeah. maybe go over it with her. That'd um, be fun. But I think she knows. I think she knows calculating wise who, who she should could go after probably like who would be the um the big get yeah or kind of like a three mm-hmm. right kind mm-hmm. of but her kind of ethos it feels to me how we talked about it is just everyone you know yeah. she just wants to make sure everybody loves her yeah and everybody's taken care of yeah mm-hmm. okay so okay well Naranjo doesn't have to be right about that you know well, I, but I I do I do think part of what we have to read into some of the derivatives or how he kind of breaks down the trait, the traits. Trait, what does is, he call it? Trait does structures. have to do with um, subtypes. I mean, I really do yeah. think that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And even how he talks with the threes, I just think yeah. it has a lot to do with subtypes. With your instinct and where you're. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, That's good. Maybe you can that. remind me that when we get into trait structure. Okay. Um, okay, so success through appearances. Vanity is a passionate concern for one's image or a passion of living for the eyes of others. Living for appearances implies that the focus of concern is not in one's own experience, but in the anticipation or fantasy of the experience of another, and thus the insubstantiality of the vain pursuit. Mm-hmm. That's at the beginning of the chapter on page whatever that is what page is it don't know 51 yeah um he goes on to say he goes on to talk about narcissism Narcissism. a little bit Mm -hmm. and how he feels that narcissism is in every number obviously Mm -hmm. um i kind of like that because it is pretty narcissistic that we think our way is the mm. way mm-hmm. that everyone should be in the world. <laughs> right. You know? I yeah. think that's... So maybe, maybe Enneagram helps with narcissism. <laughs> yeah. Does anything help with narcissism? Hopefully, hopefully. Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and he talks about narcissism in the kind of the top corner of the, the right corner of the Enneagram, which would be what? Two, two, three? What is, what is... Where does he say that? Um, I remember reading that. The second paragraph on that page, on the first page. Um, second paragraph. Uh, indeed, we may regard narcissism as a universal aspect yeah. of egoic structure mapped on the right, right corner, corner of the Enneagram. I don't know. I guess maybe that is in 234. 234. Yeah, four is at the bottom. So I'm going to. Me, corner. I, of course, am going to try to just sketch out of that. that one. I thought maybe he would mean. Uh, the or like heart types. But one, two, one, two, three. Anyway, we yeah, don't, don't know. know. Yeah, I know. Later he goes on to talk about the heart types as hysteroid, which is our favorite it's word. Favorite, favorite, favorite. Hist- um, okay, so going on to page 52, um, the, the, the three mobilizes herself to prove objectively her value through an active implementation of the self-image in the face of a generalized other. 
This leads to an energetic pursuit of achievement in good form as defined by quantitative or generally accepted standards. So when we had number night, we enjoyed talking about the fact that the generalized other is basically the same thing as a three's ethos. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever the three deems as their ethos or what they're after or what they think is successful or what they want, uh, they, they kind of generalize it outside of themselves. And then that's what they're, that's what they're actively going after. That's what the energetic pursuit is of. And so that energetic pursuit of achievement in good form, it, it's important, I think, to know that, that what that achievement in good form looks like is completely informed by what they generalize as the other, which is informed by their ethos. I wrote here in the margin under, like, underlined generalized other and wrote Alabelle's camera. Like I think about that a lot. She mentioned when we did, I don't know if it was the, just an introduction to the type three, mm-hmm. where she talked about she always feels like there's a camera. There's always mm. someone watching her. Mm-hmm. And she is all, whatever she's doing, she is performing it for. And she'll just insert whoever it is that is behind the lens right. of the camera. Um, and she she doesn't exactly always know who or why, right? Um, but that real sense that even when they're by themselves, there is an outside other generalized other mm-hmm. watching. And somebody else there said it was like being on the Truman Show. Yeah, which I yeah. thought was a, an apt comparison. Yeah. Um. The difference between type three and four lies mostly in the fact that the former, the three, identifies with the image that it sells, while the four is more in touch with the denigrated Mm self-image and is thus characterized by the experience of a vanity never fulfilled. As a result, the three is cheerful and the four is depressive. And of course, that's quite general. But but I do think it's an interesting distinction between uh, attaching kind of all of your energy and all of your you know there is no mood really in a way like my moods are so dependent on all of like I'm kind of generalizing the ideal myself Mm -hmm. out there I'm put it out there too Mm -hmm. and then my moods are fluctuating all over the place about not being able to get it whereas a three has the ethos or the generalized other and they just are on the road to it yeah and it's great or, you know, it's going to be great, or yeah. I'll make it great, right? Yeah. Um, so there's a real directedness there. There's a real directedness that a three has towards their their ideal that a four does not have. Of course, three is aggressive, a four is withdrawing. Well, and what's interesting to me for twos, threes, and fours is that and of course, anytime you say a statement like this, it could apply to any number, but that you're all out of touch with that. Like you yeah. are out of touch with the fact that you're af- like, it probably embarrasses you when you have to say there is an image that I want. And that just causes the depressive is what he would say. Yeah. They are out of touch with that. They're not their image. 
you know, mm-hmm. and then twos would be. But don't you think they kind of believe that yeah. they are I mean, their image, they believe even they if are. they're not? Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that's the whole. I kind of, be- I kind of never believe I could be. Right. Yeah. And, and they you kind of believe they are. this complicated space that you even want an image. Totally. I mean, it's it's yeah. like a whole. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. That's so hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. In the next paragraph, um, he talks about cunning and deceit and lying the word deceit halfway down that paragraph Mm -hmm. is not the best word to evoke the particular manner of deception that goes with vanity however different from the lying of type two or the conning of type five uh, type eight sorry the conning of type eight i've never thought of eights as cons gotta think about that for a second Um, Rather than a lack of truthfulness in regard to facts, Enneagram 3s may be a faithful factual reporter. There is in vanity a lack of truthfulness in regard to feelings and pretense. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think, I do think that that's like a, that's a really interesting way to parse it out because my feeling is in the 3s that I know in my life their lack of truthfulness in regards to their feelings and pretense. Like, it can be about something that they've decided is part of their ethos, right? So they can say, um, they can say that they know somebody that they don't know, or they can say they've read a book that they haven't read, or they can say they were in a room with somebody they weren't in a room or they maybe they were in the room but they didn't really have a conversation they kind mm-hmm. of make it seem like they did mm-hmm. to me I mean like I don't know if I need to parse that out as uh, uh, you know different different kinds of lying it's all to me it's all the same you know a lie is a lie is a lie a non-truthfulness is non-truthfulness you mm-hmm. know uh, I mean I guess it's I guess what he's saying is he's parsing uh, motivation for being non-truthful and that he feels I guess eights and ones have different reasons for being is it eights and ones that he talks about eights and twos sorry eights and twos have their motivations for quote lying and threes have this other more feeling pretense oriented way of lying and I don't know I just the, my, my feeling is like they're trying they're trying they, they might not be completely truthful if it serves the ethos, if it serves the image. Like right. if you're having a conversation with a three, they're just going to make some stuff up right. that makes them look like the image they want to look like. Or spin it that way at or, least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like what he's getting at is what we always try to get at when we do the intro is which you'll unpack again and again and again, is the deceit of who they are or what their feelings are or what. Um, just similarly, and maybe he brings the two and the eight into this, um, perhaps, because the two also will not admit that they're not okay, that they you know, don't have, have it all together or... Um, mm-hmm have what they need mm-hmm. and s- same with the eight mm-hmm. and they're charging ahead they don't need anybody they're they they can not be in touch with that um 
part of themselves either. So that all three of those numbers. Do you think conning is a, a good way to talk about an eight? I mean, Maybe? I think it could be. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah. that, in the sense that they could be one dimensional in that way and mm-hmm. just set aside. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not the full picture. Right, right, right. And they make you I, think they've always got it together. Mm-hmm. And they kind of make you think they've got the full picture yeah. when they really they're maybe don't the have the full picture. Right. Yeah. And they're not going to wait for you. Right. They're not so going to wait think, for you. Different ways of talking about untruthfulness. Yeah. And being out of touch with who you are. Who we are. Yeah. That's good, Lee. I like that. Um. In contrast to the comic vein of type 2 and the tragic vein of type 4, the characteristic mood of type 3 is one of neutrality or feeling control, where only correct feelings are acknowledged and expressed. I think that's really... We've heard that again and again. I think that's super, super, super important. Correct feelings. Yes. Um, And that's why... That's why Alibaba and I have issues because we're both in the feeling triad. I mean, I'm not saying we have issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. When we have uh, conflict in our life or she's uncomfortable or whatever, however to say that, um, it's because I'm not interested in correct feelings and she's very interested in correct feeling. Mm-hmm. We're both feeling and hers are correct and mine are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's super, it's super interesting. Um, okay, so now we're going into trait structure. Well, I do. Okay. Well, one more thing. He yeah. does talk about how um, this is a kind of a model, and it, he's a psychologist. This is way back when DSM three and we're in five now, I think. But that this that he had a hard time finding a diagnosis to like connect to this and he said it was because it's the model kind of personality for American society huh. that it is what health looks like in lots of oh, ways for that's our so culture interesting. and so it does not um, it doesn't connect as well his understanding of it with a diagnosis or a um, is the DSM uh Created like in America, right? I know what it is, yeah. but is it an American thing? I think maybe more so. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming s- it's a hopefully a. I I don't remember quite honestly. But that's why wow, that's interesting because or you could probably a, even put Western. I mean, this Western, was written in yeah, nineties, right? So right. My guess is that this is, which is we try to talk about it in that way when mm-hmm. we introduce the three. Often is mm-hmm. that they're the success oriented put aside do what needs to be done kind of hard working um so i thought that's interesting i like that a lot i'm so glad you said that yeah yeah i like that it's not a diagnosis because we're swimming in it we think it's we think it's correct yeah which yeah yeah okay um trait structure Talking about uh, vanity and the attention need, um, substituting of appearance for for self. Uh-uh. I wrote that at the very top of chapter, th- like at the beginning of this chapter. I mm-hmm. think that's a really 
pointed line. It's a substitution of appearance for self. That's the deceit piece. And it's just a succinct way to yeah to say it. I agree. It's yeah. It's I agree. Um, uh, need for attention, a need to be seen that was once frustrated and seeks to be satisfied through the cultivation of appearance. Other than the felt sense of wanting to be seen, heard, appreciated, there is in any a type 3 character, um, there is in a type 3, sorry, a corresponding sense of loneliness that arises. Not only from the chronic frustration of the need to be for others, but from the fact that whatever success is met with, with needs to be credited to a false self and to manipulation. Mm-hmm. Thus, there lingers the question, would I be loved for myself um, if it were not for my, my accomplishments, etc.? cetera? Um, yeah. So that kind of goes back to the fact that they build the image because they want to and they think they should and then they feel lonely because they don't believe anyone loves them for who they are but that's a self-perpetuating trap yeah you can't i think i would i would think a lot of threes don't even realize that though that they're um, that they are not being loved for who they are i think that's part of the trap too Mm. you think you think they create the the image and then they sort of enjoy being loved for that image yeah i would <laughs> i don't know i mean that's i good. think that's part of the that's a good that's question for the disconnect for you know yeah yeah like maybe there is a a little buzz or something hmm, i wonder in in them but i think part of why it's so hard for threes to do this work or to identify themselves is because because of that. Because of that deceit piece. They believe they yeah. believe their own their own image. That's what's they buy into that's it. it. That's the What is um, some what does somebody say? That they buy into their own their own whatever. They marketing. Not marketing. There's another word for that. But they buy into it. So yeah. yeah so that's kinda what you're saying. But they are that. Mm-hmm. I was thinking a lot, when I read this, I was thinking about how I'm trying to meditate every morning with my, with my, with my guru, Sam. (laughs) And I love him so much. And, um, and so uh, kind of just thinking about how we identify with our thoughts and how we identify with our feelings and how meditation is realizing that you're that you're not going to do that or you're going to step back from that and see that Mm -hmm. and I think it's interesting to as a three identifies with their identity which I guess is also a thought and a feeling but it's like uh feels like another layer to me yeah of something that you have to step back from and he does talk about meditation at the end of the chapter Mm -hmm. how that's super helpful Mm -hmm. for threes but how they're not going to really want to do it yeah yeah Um, Top of page uh, 55, I wrote out in the margin, exposure and masks. Um, Mm -hmm. Moved by a fear of failure in their rushing around in the pursuit of achievement, but is also plagued by fear of self-exposure and rejection if she were to reveal herself to the world without a mask. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think exposure is kind of an important word for threes. Um, 
I do think it's something. I think they, they're afraid of failing and they're afraid of exposure. Yeah. And um, Which is why they don't often don't do things they will fail at, we've learned. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I like, yeah, we've learned that they make what, they set goals they know they can kick, kick butt yeah, in the, so that they yeah, don't have the to feel that failure. Yeah. Um, in addition to characteristics reflecting a generalized, de, generalized desire to please and attract, such as refinement, considerateness, or generosity, some traits stand out because of their prominence, which I will discuss below. So now, trait structure, achieving. There is, just mm. real quick, yeah. in the second paragraph there, mm-hmm. I have a star. Let me see why. I wrote self-pres by it. So I, so he concerned with appearances, which we talk about with the vanity and how we often talk about threes. But he says it also involves a capitulation to cultural values and a substitution of internal direction with the extrinsic direction and valuation. Um, and that he includes a vanity cluster of perfectionism in regard to form imitativeness and chameleon Mm. um, in virtue of what for instance vanity in the counterculture may cultivate a self-image of striking a lack of concern for personal appearance and so I thought about you know Alabelle's um her kind of space of wanting to appear not to be concerned right about you know her vanity about not having vanity that kind of derivative of vanity yeah um is interesting to me yeah she just got back from italy with Luis, and mm-hmm. um he he said okay i'm gonna take a lot of pictures of you because your mama asked me to and and like he came over for dinner this week and gave me his camera which was so nice and like just let me flip through them and it's like every picture of her you can see she's what you just said she's so uncomfortable she's so doesn't want to just I don't even know. She just can't. She can't offer that. She just can't do it. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Um, so okay, achieving and achievement is like the first trait structure, and within that, the trait structure of achievement, he has uh, f- a few different things. Yeah. One is expedient. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about that as corner cutting sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so expediency, which is the ability to do things expeditiously and with precision is characteristic, da, da, da. Um, in the service of efficiency as well as out of a desire to stand out through special efficiency. Um, anyway, I think, I think it's just, I think I certainly feel that from Alabelle that just things need to move along. Yeah. And so it's rational and practical. Mm-hmm. You know, he uses those words. He he talks a little bit, which I don't think he's done this or I haven't mm-hmm. picked up on it, but he talks a lot about, like, what jobs they would be good at. Like, these people are good engineers, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but I guess he was trying to really talk about how the logic and mm-hmm. you, you've talked about that and you and Alabelle have talked about that. But I think part of where the feeling stuff comes from is that it's not log- logical. It slows things down. It doesn't right. make sense. Right. Um, yeah. So it helps them, I guess, to be kind of that type. Yeah. Um, ruthless is a second tr- trait of mm-hmm, achievement. Sure. So 
So I'm just going to kind of go back and say what I'm doing again. So achievement is the first trait. And under achievement, we have expedient, ruthless, controlling, competitive, and anxious. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's that's interesting. And so ruthless... Um, I, I remember when I read this... So... so um, this is how he talks about his measure of ruthlessness in human interactions when it comes to a choice between success and considerateness. Ha! Um, but they are not only pleasers, but freak, are frequently described as cool and calculating, and they use others as well as themselves as stepping stones to get to their goals. And I remember us doing a Know Your Number once and a three saying that that's true, that they mm-hmm. know in their rush ahead to get what they want, whose feelings they are going to hurt, and mm-hmm. they calculate the cost-benefit cost analysis yeah. of moving, of pushing someone to the side or, step, you know, stepping over them, mm-hmm. hurting their feelings, mm-hmm. um, that they've, they've considered that, which is a little different than the eight. You know, they, they don't... Right. It's not really considering that they're just moving ahead. Perfect. But that's really good. It's a good reminder. So they can they are aware of it because they're in their heart triad. Mm-hmm. They know who they're going to hurt. They analyze it and then they do it. Yeah. Which and they in, might use it. And they might use it to help that that process. Mm-hmm. Whereas an eight just does it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Love it. Um, controlling and dominant. Um, control over self as well as over others. Mm-hmm. I think that's very true. A lot of self-control. Um, competitiveness, obviously. Achievement, winning. Yes. And then, very important, I think, the traits of anxiety and tension are an understandable result of exaggerated striving for achievement and the implicit fear of failure. So, Naranjo is saying that anxiety comes from being this person that is striving, 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 and is very afraid to fail. So, and I, I witness a lot of anxiety in threes, and I think it's not something that we talk about very much because mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like they have a lot of anxiety because they don't really show that to the world. It's not part of their image, right? right. Generally speaking, I would say it's not part of a threes image. Mm-hmm. So... They're um, part of their setting their feelings aside is probably they're they're managing a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Well, and going back to fifty five, where you talked about page fifty five about a fear of self exposure and rejection. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're running really fast and hard mm-hmm. to avoid that for themselves and outside of themselves. Yeah. Which is a lot of anxiety. Yeah. You feel like you're always going to be uncovered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like a three going to stress, uh, having having some non-energy and stress, the anxiety that they're trying to manage ends up making them l- less active, less aggressive, less, um, produ- less productive or less... Mm, what's a, What are good words for that? Just, you know, they... So it's to me it's interesting when because I think about anxiety as being a six trait, mm-hmm. but the anxiety uh, of of a three in stress 
uh, takes on this kind of non-functioning, kind of low-level, like kind of giving up almost uh, on on things. Whereas in in security, the six stuff that they takes on allows them to ask a p- kind of appropriate questions about their expansion in the world. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really interesting. Like the it's almost like two sides of anxiety or something, you know, like you can use questioning mm-hmm. to paralyze you and you can use questioning to make your expansion in the world have more thoughtfulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, social sophistication. <laughs> Skills, yes. yes. Entertaining, enthusiastic, bubbly, sparkling people, conversationally active, pleasing, needing applause, and witty. Um, generalized trait might be called social brilliance or social performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I do think they have that as a superpower. I do think that a self-pressed three can not be accessing all that. So great at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the self-pressed threes I've talked to are kind of wish they had access to more of this and are sort of, you know, it's like this wonderful thing that a three has and a self-pressed three kind of feels like they don't. Yeah. Um, on page 58, I kind of love all this. I might read for a minute. You, you were just skipping over cultivation of oh. sexual attraction. Oh, what did I miss? What did I miss? He just has a whole section on... Uh, look, at, look at my book. <laughs> yeah. I wrote, gross. What about men? <laughs> exactly. See, I hated it. Uh, I skipped over it. I think it's super gendered. Yeah, it's very gendered. Yeah. It's, I couldn't... I kind of want to just say, after reading this chapter, like, Naranjo, how are you helping three dudes on this one? I know. And how are you actually helping three women on this one? A cold, actually. porcelain, doll-like beauty. Yeah, what does what, that even mean? What does that even? I mean, we kind of know what it means, uh, but come on. Jeez. It's like not. It's not helpful. That's why I like put lots. Of, I also read the word cosmetic in this yes. chapter more than I have seen in any other chapter. I bet it. I bet it's not in any other God. chapter. Okay. Okay. Yes, I skipped over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wrote gross. Okay. Gross. Good. I'm glad you gross. said that. For people who are reading the whole chapter and they're like, <laughs> gross. Like, Wait a minute. Gross. Yeah. That's our interpretation. Um, deceit and image manipulation. Um, in the case of the three generalized traits of sexual attractiveness, social brilliance, and achievement, we are in the face of different appearances through which the individual seeks to satisfy the thirst to be, and which at the same time veil over this existential vacuum, which is mm-hmm. basically, that's the nut of what we're all doing. Right. Um, and the existential the, vacuum is a good way to talk about it. Right. So the, the thirst to be, which at the same time veils over the existential vacuum. For while the passion to display oneself may be understood as the outgrowth of an early need for attention and validation, it can also be understood as the consequence of a confusion between being and appearance. Mm-hmm. In the corresponding confusion between extrinsic validation and intrinsic value. Very good. Mm-hmm. Since deceit is what we may call the fixation, 
that is the cognitive defect in type 3. I have separately grouped some descriptors that have to do more specifically with it, such as becoming the mask, Mm -hmm. believing in what they sell, which is kind of what we were saying earlier, Mm -hmm. affected, false, phony. Most characteristically, we should include deceptive emotional experience. I I think that's good, deceptive emotional Mm -hmm. experience. Deception goes beyond emotional experience proper, however, for it involves rationalization and other maneuvers. The words deception or simulation may be used as pointers to a central feature of this personality organization used in connection with self-deception, believing in the idealized image that is presented to the world, as well as in connection with simulation before an outer audience, as in bluffing or hypocritical kindness. Is that hypocritical kindness? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yet it is the identification of the person with the role and with the mask, the loss of the sense of merely playing a role or putting on a mask, which causes what is seen by others to come to be perceived as one's reality. So I think all that's really important. Mm, that's I, really good. I also I go back again to thinking about meditation and how Sam talks about how we just we just we just are our thoughts and are our feelings and then we have to step back from them and realize we're not not those and so the threes just are their image they are this mask they are this role i like the word simulation simulation's good i think that's a good um that could be a good idea for threes to Mm -hmm. work with Mm -hmm. to kind of catch themselves or just even notice yes you know it's kind of like alabelle's camera Mm -hmm. it's a similar um Mm -hmm. and a similar meditative practice you know that you are not your thoughts that you i mean we are all kind of simulating we're all simulating (laughs) based on our constant right you know chatter right um that is not true right and they just Theirs works so well, though. Yeah, you know, maybe. Do you works th- so well. I, well, I mean, for societally and culturally, yes. it generally does. Mm-hmm. So I would think um, it's just probably a little harder for them to catch. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, the trait of promoting others... Um, Mm-hmm. explicitly or implicitly can be akin to a complimentary one the ability to present things or people in a bad light to manipulate their image in an adverse way which may be done not only through slander but also through sophisticated social skill whereby it is possible to seem nice while backstabbing an opponent or competitor so yeah. that's the dark side of that social sophistication and that achievement orientation is that you can use all that heart triad wonderful intuitive stuff and social skills I have skills been on the other side to, of that mm-hmm. I've been there. and it can it's really it's it's really they can be really smooth um if you know a three really well you can watch them do it though and you can see that they kind of are playing both sides like they're telling one group something and they're telling the other to make it all work for them mm-hmm. um and usually it happens when i like that he calls it a complimentary one a, a <laughs> complimentary a com- what com- that the trait of promoting others explicitly 
or implicitly can be akin to a complementary one. I think the use of the word complementary is mm-hmm. interesting to me. Yeah. Because it's, it is there. I, to me, I feel like this complementary side raises up or shows itself when it ha- the other side hasn't worked for them. Right. Like a three who can't reframe or a three who can't um, get what they want or be successful. This complementary piece is, uh-huh. is I'm going to make it seem like I did or you were the cause of me. Yeah. Not, you know, it's generally when they're unmasked in some way. Ah. Uh. To me, That's interesting. I think when you're I've right. been on that part, right, so kind what of, he describes mm-hmm. that they are masters of doing the adverse, mm-hmm. um, it's usually that they've been unmasked. Yeah. Or uh, so, and so I think we've talked about this too. Like I think a, a very healthy three is mm-hmm. really good at help promoting others, mm-hmm. and an unhealthy three is a, a gatekeeper. Yeah. And and a lot of that has to do with. Um, abundance and a healthy three sees the abundance and therefore knows that when they um, promote their friends um, they also are promoted mm-hmm. and in a, in a very profound way and in a very uh, long view way right yeah. um, and a unhealthy or threatened or a vulnerable or an unmasked I like the way you put say that uh, three is uh, feels that they they've been working hard. There's only so many spaces. They're gonna make mm-hmm. sure they have it right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, however, what I would like to insert here is that I, again, the self press three in all of the work they're doing to not have vanity, um, the kind of the vanity about not having vanity, and they're so preoccupied with not seeming like they care about all these things in this way that I have watched many a self pres three um, promote others to their detriment. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's really different from yeah. the other types of threes. Um, yeah. um, they will promote others to their detriment, um, trying to be that good friend or that good, that non-vanity person. In service of their role. In service of their role, and therefore they kind of lose themselves. It's a different loss of self than the other instincts yeah. of the th- of threes, of it's, social and yeah. sexual threes. It's the same, and it looks different. It's the same. That's yeah. so good. You know, it's yeah, the same. You. It's the same, and it looks different. they've decided that they have to be on the back backseat or the back burner and he talks a little bit about that so later sort of kind of loss of yeah. so loss of self-promotion in a self-press three is serving their identity serving their image mm-hmm. to their detriment yeah interesting really to both of their detriments or all of their detriments. right right it just type. yeah it just as you said it just looks different other directedness which is I mean, that's kind of interesting, too, because I guess when I said self-pressed threes are, are promoting others to their... I mean, this is these are just all these different ways of being other-directed or mm-hmm. or having the image. All this stuff is outside of who, who they are. This I like how he says um, these are characteristically neither intrinsic nor original, but external to the individual so that they're 
ideas of their self are external um, and they are they are more other directed among all the characters and have developed a skill in conducting an implicit and ongoing marketing research quote unquote in the entourage as a point of reference for his thinking feeling and action hmm. like everything is outside wow um, wow that's a good way market um, marketing ongoing research. marketing research about what they should think feel and do wow really. wow um, um and i i do again i do think that people in the heart triad are prone to that don't you yeah but they're just mm, it's, theirs is just more directed as we were saying earlier and more yeah i think theirs just, just has a little more purpose it's more purposeful yeah. and directed and yours is quite inside and sometimes out yeah t's are spleegy out <laughs> usually yeah. right yeah yeah and the uh threes just are doing their research and mm-hmm. using it as needed yeah they actually put all that they actually put all that to good work like they do they know what everyone's feeling and what's going to work and what's going to be appropriate and what's going to be correct and not correct and then they put it they actually implement it whereas i do not i know it and i don't implement it which is so silly (laughs) anyway at least they're you know at least they're following through on their research um the trait of identification with prevalent values embodies both other directedness and the chameleon quality of type three in general. Um, it's readiness to change an attitude or appearance according to fashions. Um, uh, striving for progress or excellence that results in an orientation to what is modern and avant-garde. I don't know about that, but, uh, I like the chame- I mean, I just had to bring chameleon. up the chameleon thing mm-hmm. and, um, we can also call that adaptive. Mm-hmm. Sarah and our podcast called it passing, which I thought was interesting, like passing for yeah. um, whatever the, your ethos is. Um, so it's, uh, and who's going to... And why in the world can't we all do that research and pass where we need to pass? Right. Right? Yeah. Why can't we... It, it seems, and again, it kind of goes back to that, expediency of mm-hmm. the uh, trait structure of uh, what is it achieving so that adaptability or that passing or that chameleon quality is it is expedient it mm-hmm. is efficient mm-hmm. it works yeah. I mean it works to get you know done what they're trying to get done um, pragmatism uh, which can seem calculating. Yeah, that's the word I underline. Mm-hmm. Um, Organized, practical, functional, expedient. Mm-hmm. Service of efficiency. Um, yeah. Yeah. I liked active vigilance. Um, he gets into the idea of hypervigilance in a three, which I like. Um, the three is not only hypervigilant, but incapable of surrender, of self-abandonment. He or she needs to have everything under control and has learned early in life to cope in an attitude of self-reliance out of the feeling that others are not taking care of her properly. 
Because of this, we cannot separate the trait of hyperactivity that makes the three person and ego go, I like that, (laughs) from either stress or a deep distrust in life. Distrust that things might go well without being in control over them. The same can apply to hypervigilance. It is part of a stressful coping born of an anxiety about things going all right and distrust and surrendering to the organismic self-regulation of one's psychomental being. So all of that is about surrender, um, hypervigilance and surrendering. Um, uh, Fear of surrendering, because probably surrendering means failure, I'm sure. Surrendering means... Uh, lack of control, um, things won't be okay. I mean, I do think there's a tender side to this. Mm -hmm. Like, I think on one hand, it seems... Well, that they won't be taken care of. It reminds me of, like, the seven piece, you know, of Mm -hmm. seven's not thinking that they'll get what they need in the... So they're going to... They're making it happen. Right. You know? And twos are, too. Right? Like, that's what we've learned. Yes, yes, that's what we've learned. I'm still wrapping my head around that. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That there is a... Mm. And... Um, I think it's interesting to unpack. Distrust that things might mm-hmm. go well without being in control over them. Yes. Yeah. That's just, you know, that's kind of a faith thing, too. And I think that... I don't I don't mean faith, like religious faith. I just mean, I think the aggressive stance lacks faith. They yeah. don't trust that things will go well unless they're in control of them right yeah yeah um i also let's see the underlying lack of trust in type three contrast top of page 61 with its superficial pollyannish pollyannish optimism which regards everything is not only okay but wonderful and constitutes one of the factors through which type three is prone to anxiety so i think that's really interesting the combination of not trusting everything needing to be in control of everything and everything's great everything's great everything's great mm-hmm. um and honestly that is i think that's a real toe stubbing place for a three i don't think they see themselves doing it i think they're pretty pleased that they're cheerful attitude about things being great is it's it's good to be that way and it's expedient to be that way and it's helpful and everybody likes it and I think for the most part that's true but I do think that um when things are not going well their response is very very Pollyanna and uh it probably comes out of this anxiety and this lack of trust and things being okay it comes probably from a, pr- a pretty uh, knee-jerk fear uh, that they'll get entrenched in it and not mm-hmm. and not be okay. But the irony is, is they're they're coping with that and that kind of Pollyanna out front response to somebody. Uh, just it it further alienates them from from people and from kind of that the mutuality of like I'm showing you myself and you're showing me yourself mm-hmm. and we're all gonna yeah we're all gonna do that together and it's okay yeah and so then people stop trusting them in that way like 
you know, I think you, you stop trusting a seven for the same reasons, like that every, everything's great, everything's great. And then you realize, like, all these things are falling through the cracks. And right. so you stop listening to them. Mm-hmm. When they say something's great, you stop trusting them. You stop trusting them. Right. Um, and I think, uh, I think threes, um, I think their responses to emotion keep people from trusting them with emotion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, probably part of them like that. <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't really, or not, they're not aware that that's happening, just like a five's not aware of their limited choices because they, you know, right. whatever. You're not aware that you've just limited the deck. Right. But part of them doesn't want, you know, like the tip, tip top of Alabel shooting from the hip is like, yay, good. I don't want all those people coming to me with their feelings. Right. Yay. Sure. I set it up great. But at the end of the day, no, she wants people to, to be intimate with her, to yeah. be honest. Well, and it folds into the next one, mm-hmm. I mean, superficiality, mm-hmm. which ends up when you are, when you have that op- optimism or um, when that's how you compensate for it, we can tell. Yeah, we, know, can tell. we can tell. Yeah, we see it. That's, I think, why it can feel kind of superficial. Mm-hmm. I think in the teaching, generally, of introductory, we talk about that as an image. But I think it's this bigger piece of just, like, positive regard and can do. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Pollyanna is a good... Positive regard, mm-hmm. I like. I'm going to read this because I said, well said in the margin. (laughs) Not having access to the depth of her feelings as an identity problem in the sense of not knowing who or she is beyond roles and tangible characteristics and not knowing his or her true wants beyond those of pleasing others and being affected. Although the person may not consciously thirst after a missing depth, which I guess Mm -hmm. is what I was just saying, the presence of dissatisfaction is apparent in the very intensity of the rushing for accomplishment or the labors taken to be pleasing and acceptable. To the extent that the thirst for being is displaced into an outer search, the individual does not allow the opportunity even to acknowledge it, thus perpetuating the chronic error. Yeah. It's really... That describes the hamster wheel really well, I think. And I think sometimes that can almost feel, um, depending on the type of three, like especially when the anxiety is feeding, um, almost manic. You know, mm-hmm. it's almost, um, I'm not going to slow down and look. You know, yeah. and stay in this space, which then they can move into my sloppy kind of nine space and be paralyzed or his words, complimentary, move into like making a new story mm-hmm. and using their superpowers in a, in a more destructive kind of way. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, mm-hmm. Once, once um, this is really amped up. Yeah. A superficiality piece. Yeah. Chronic era is a good way to talk about how all of it, all of us have the chronic error. All of us have the chronic <laughs> error. Or how we've set it up. There is an mm-hmm. inevitable chronic error. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the final bit, which is always his final bit, which is all the, the ontic obscuration part. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so he says just as the the five um the schizoid he calls the five <laughs> just as the schizoid character the five um the existential issue is most apparent to the subject who is keenly aware of the experience of inner emptiness so the five is keenly aware of the experience of inner emptiness it is in Enneotype 3 character that the existential issue of an inner vacuum is most observable to outsiders mm-hmm. who typically see these people, you know, they, I'm not going to read what he said. I don't like it, but that's, I think that's really interesting that fives are super aware of their emptiness mm-hmm. and, but don't really, you don't, they don't, it's, that's hard for us to see. Right. We don't see that either. Because it looks we, like they have everything they need. It looks like they have everything they need and all their, when they don't, when they really are are not doing well and they don't feel like they have everything they need and they're stressed and anxious, they just are like trying to, you know, get all the more and more information and it doesn't really, it doesn't read as, emptiness you know I mean it's annoying but it doesn't read as emptiness and so threes um this this whole as you as he was calling it the chronic error is is just it's very observable to outsiders and that's why we've kind of said in the past like threes mistype the most and uh they're the ones that kind of their friends come along and say say that they're a three before Mm -hmm. they say that they're a three yeah Um, And I wrote in the margin here, like the next sentence, he talks a little bit about nines. mm -hmm. Um, I read that. Like we, we sploge over the whole Enneagram evidently, (laughs) um, slowly dripping down, uh, the tendency of the vein to ignore the impoverishment of their, um, experiential world brings them close to the Enneotype nine in which, as we will see, ontic obscuration through its very centrality is most ignoring of itself. So I thought about just self, their self-forgetting. Like mm-hmm. they don't know who they are. Yeah. Like we don't either mm-hmm. as a type nine. And I want to keep it that way because it's going to cause some disconnect mm-hmm. in whatever I've set up. And they want to keep it that way because they have these roles to play. You know, that there is a... Um, kind of a, a, a deep for they don't for forgetting of who they are I think they you know? they don't believe that they can have the role and have themselves and have themselves yeah and they feel that in order to fill up the void they will lose everything yeah and they won't they'll they'll gain everything yeah that's yeah. the error yes. chronic error um I kind of do we need to say anything more? Mm, let's see. In the middle of page 63, mm-hmm. he talks about, you know, this idea of not knowing who they are, I guess, when they start to do some work. Mm-hmm. Um, all I know is the role I enact. Is there something else besides? Uh, the individual has to come to realize that his life is a series of performances and that identity has rested thus far in identification with professional status or whatever other roles. And then together with realizing, quote unquote, this is not me, or these roles don't amount to anybody, 
there is a sense of being out of touch with some hidden or potential self. Along with an intuition of an ignored self or individuality, there is usually also the sense of not knowing one's true wishes or feelings, a sense that's drawn upon them to the extent that they begin to recognize fabricated feelings and the extent to which choices are not interdirected but supported by outer models, which is, mm. I think that's just kind of like the, the awareness piece that they, um, a sense of not, uh, not knowing one's true wishes or feelings. Like I just mm-hmm. think about myself, how hard that work is to do as a nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and mine is more because I've numbed out. Mm-hmm. Theirs is that they are being productive and have these great roles and are doing stuff. That's really hard work. It is yeah. hard work to know. Um, yeah, because I mean, to know what your wishes and feelings are when life seems to be working yeah. so well. Um, yeah, for you to know yourself is to be activated, mm-hmm. and for a three to know themselves is to kind of be deactivated. Yeah, which is interesting. I mean, um, I mean, he said on the next page, like for most people, you would say, don't just stand there, do something. And for three, it should be, don't just do something, stand, stand there. there. Yeah. 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 So I think there's some good stuff in here. Ignore, ignore his weird, well, his steroid stuff <laughs> and cosmetics, cosmetics and lipsticks and comments. Insert or insert like dudes uh, in there. Yeah. Um, but um, I do think he does talk really, there's some gems of like substitution of appearance for self. Just that, yeah. and the word simulation I really like. I and do too. I think he does um, in that achieving orientation, I think the breakdown of that is really good just to see what you're up to and mm-hmm. if you can let it fall away. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, you know, how Russ Hudson talks about another way of doing your Enneagram work is to notice it and then let it, you know, just let it fall away instead yes. of deciding that's who I am. Yes. Right? Similar to meditation that you have to kind of remind yourself that this is not who I am. This is not the only way. I, I think that's that to let something that's working or that feels that we don't even have a, a definite connection in the DSM for, right? Where he mm-hmm. says that it is, it is, it seems to be what we want. And like, even for me, if I'm, if I'm thinking about it, what I need to be up to kind of looks like a three, right? That, right, right. So it's um, to let that fall away. Wow. I mean, that's... yeah. And I think, yeah. Um, and I think that yeah, when we I mean, interview it, threes, it, it, it they is, talk about it. Right. Why it's, and it, I think their anxiety and fear and running, running, running finally mm-hmm. catches up at some yeah. point when they can see that that's not who they are. They right. don't want to be that. Right. Because, um, like, you know, you you if you want to be act if you're like you're like okay I'm gonna be activated or I'm gonna like really tap into this and I'm gonna mm-hmm. try to you know not withdraw and I'm gonna go after the like there's no I mean I think you have I guess you have fear of things blowing up yeah well mine is you to don't even connect with what I need to go after and just not merge with people right right they're not just 
be on someone else's riverboat. Right. Um, and theirs is too. Theirs is theirs too. Theirs is too. You know, theirs, they are. They're on the big riverboat though. They're, they're already on the big riverboat yeah. and they've got to find their mm-hmm. own riverboat. Um, I just think that it must be very tricky to say all the, I'm going to stop all these things that are working so well and, and, and try to find out what, what's behind all of that. And I mean, I think, (laughs) I think the threes who do that, the threes we know who are healthy have, the beauty is, is they're able to get behind the, the identity that identifies with identity or whatever I'm trying to say. They, they get behind identifying with their identity and they slow down enough to see that and then the activation that comes out of that the success that comes out of that mm-hmm. is is whole yeah it's it's deep yeah it's beautiful so it's not it's kind of the virtue or the yeah redeemed. it's not like to the work of a three is to get to some flat place no no yeah no. it's to get to some broad whole deep beautiful place where they're um, where they're more successful like truly successful integrated you know yeah 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 Hmm. good good all right